0: Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Robert Half research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal. And administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit RobertHalf.com today.
1: Welcome into Attacking Third. I'm Sandra lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Join today, as always, by my colleague and co, Lisa Roman, broadcaster and analyst for CBS Sports. On today's segment, we're chatting all about the United States women's national team April Friendlies against Ireland the roster has officially dropped we've got some players returning into training camps we've got some usual suspects that we've got to chat about as well before we get into everything a quick reminder to you all to leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform we're also on YouTube so subscribe to us right here at youtube.com slash attacking third make sure you get exclusive United States women's national team content previews recaps interview and more right here on attacking third, Lisa arrived. We've got to talk about it. Combo breaker. We've got a couple surprises, a couple returns coming through. How are you doing today?
2: I am great. We get a U.S. Women's National Team roster. It is, it's all coming together. Who knew the end of March would be so exciting with the start of the NWSL and now internationally it is the build-up to the World Cup. And we knew these friendlies were coming. We knew that we would see hopefully some more names, right? A a bigger roster than perhaps what Black Mononovsky is hoping to take to the World Cup in Australia and New Zealand in just a few months. But um I don't think this is what anyone expected to see on the roster, 26 players, some names returning to this one, some usual suspects as always, but there's so much to get into here. Um, I I cannot believe it. I cannot believe it. Thank goodness you're here and I get to chat with you about this and I get to pick your brain on it because otherwise I'd be talking to a wall. So welcome everyone to attacking third. We're so happy to have you all here.
1: <laughs> I'm happy to have you here. I was like, listen, I gotta, I gotta put this somewhere. All this energy that I've got here, you mm-hmm. know, like who who where, where am I gonna put it? I'm gonna I'm gonna put it all on A3 and chat about it with uh with my friend and colleague Lisa Roman. I, I look, we've gotta just start with uh the full 26 player roster. it's going to be uh 23 players that are available for match day, but 26 players called into training camps for a pair of April friendlies that will begin on Saturday, April the 8th kicking off in Austin, Texas, and then concluding on Tuesday, April 11th in St. Louis. So let's chat about who we might see over the two-match series. For the goalkeepers, we've got Adriana French, Casey Murphy, and Alyssa Nair. Defenders, 10 of them. Alana Cook, Tierna Davidson, Emily Fox, Crystal Dunn, Naomi Girma, Sofia Huerta, Casey Kruger, Kelly O'Hara, Becky Sauerbrunn and Emily Sonnet, midfielders with seven listed, Julie Lindsey Horan, Taylor Korniak, Rose Lavelle, Christy Mewis, Ashley Sanchez, and Andy Sullivan. And for the forward core, it is six players in Ashley Hatch, Alex Morgan, Trinity Rodman, Sophia Smith, Mallory Swanson, and Lynn Williams let's maybe chat a little bit about the familiar faces uh returning to this roster we have seen a certain collection of players called in over the course of specific international windows most recently in 2023 the New Zealand camp that took place in January and then the February window which held the She Believes Cup um a lot of players Mm -hmm. from from those two most recent camps. Uh, so there's maybe not a ton of surprises there. Let's say roughly 85% of this roster or so is, is, is full of names and faces that at this point, if you're following the women's national team are not unfamiliar to you, Um, even if it's, you know, starting at the top with the goalkeepers and in French and Murphy and Nair. We have seen this trio uh, in national team camps for uh, for several months now. Um, Defenders, I think, is an area which we are starting to see that rotation kind of change a little bit. We talked about uh, really over the course of the last 18 months, two years, it feels like, with with the absence of players due to extended injury or players making their return from pregnancy and maternity leave. What is this player pool going to look like as the World Cup gets closer and closer and closer? And we're starting to see that here, I think. We're mm-hmm. starting to see players who are returning to form and getting back into these national team camps. And even with this defender core, which, of course, it's A3, so we're going to start with goalkeepers and defenders. We're starting to see that. But, you know... Doesn't really look like there's been a ton of rotation of players out of this this pool, but more just the addition. Right. We're watching the return of Crystal Dunn. But we're we're also seeing, um, you know, players like Sonnet uh, returning to fitness as well. Uh, But there's more surprises in the midfield and uh, maybe even in the forward core. But I would still consider somebody like Sophia Smith, a reoccurring cast member, I think, for for this for this team. How about you?
2: Yeah, I think I agree completely. I mean, no surprises at all in the goalkeeping core between A.D. Franch, Casey Murphy, Alyssa Nair. I mean, these are the players that have had the most consistency over the last several months with this team, with this roster. Um, And now that club play is starting in the NWSL, we're only going to get more and more consistency from these keepers. Um, And and like you and I have talked about, uh, Alyssa Nair in our eyes is the number one keeper. Uh, But I do believe that there is a battle for that number two spot between Franch and Murphy, and it's friendlies like these against Ireland and and in just months before the World Cup that hopefully some of those details will be ironed out or at least a little bit more solidified. But frankly, the competition, you want that there to constantly be pushing for number two. If, the, if that spot's open, the two players that have the option to take that number two spot are going to battle even harder. It'll push Alyssa Nair harder. But um, yeah, I mean, 10 defenders being called into this one, Sandra. That's a heck of a lot of defenders, um, especially when there are four on the pitch. Maybe, Maybe we get six during a 90-minute game when there's two subs rotation. But that, to me, says that not a lot of positions are locked up in that back line. Um, I I think that centrally, when you look at uh, the roster between uh, Alana Cook, um, Becky Sauerbronn, Naomi Gurman, those are players that have, have locked up center back roles. Um, Maybe there's still a little discourse about who's going to get the start. And maybe that comes down to match to match. But when, I mean, Tierna Davidson getting back into that center back and do that pairing as well, that's four. And, and that to me is a solid solid core to have as your center box. But then you look at this: there's Emily Fox, Crystal Dunn, Sophia Huerta, Casey Hurt Kruger, Kelly O'Hara, and Emily Sonnet, all options at the outside back. Um I don't foresee Black Wanovsky taking 10 defenders to the World Cup. So I think there are some question marks as to how he narrows that, that down. Yeah. And, and obviously being called into this April camp, that's a point and a reason to do that. But I mean, uh, it's all usual suspects at this point. Um, it, I think, It almost makes the bubble even bigger. I was going to say, I think it's an important
1: point that you make about the timeline of this, right? So mm-hmm. uh, there were effectively four-ish months away from, from the World Cup uh, at this point in terms of the buildup. And when we're looking at the games that are going to, you know, that are left remaining for this national team. This is it. So this is uh, the announcement with the roster dropping earlier this morning. Um, It's they, they've repeated that a few times initially when they announced Ireland as the opponent. And now once more, when they announced the roster that this pair of friendlies is the final set of international friendlies, before the final world cup roster is going to be announced. So that means that these two matches combined with elevated club play are going to be the possible final factors for some players in making their push for a spot on Adonofsky's world cup roster. So I think, you know, we just had a weekend an opening weekend of NWSL and, um, I would anticipate that from through the duration of April through May, possibly the beginning of June, um, there's going to be a number of United States women's national team coaching staff members who are taking a look at and, uh, mm-hmm. Various NWSL matches in terms of player performances uh, because that that timeline that window is 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 closing yeah, every week definitely. that goes by. Really, those are the only
2: opportunities besides right this camp getting called in and then just two friendlies um, over the span of a couple of days in April. But otherwise, coaches on the international level have to be watching club play across the board. This is. Globally at this point, they have to be watching club play to just see more consistently how the players that they're evaluating are, are playing in various roles and positions. But that's a massive thing. Black-Wedonofsky will be seen at, at various stadiums in NWSL land over the next couple of weeks because of he has to evaluate these players.
1: I mean, look, I... I... Saw that he was at uh, some mm-hmm. of the games this weekend. I think he was taking in the the big West Coast versus East Coast match. Um, we for, should have
2: added that to our NWSL bingo board. Spot Blackmanowski yeah. <laughs> at, at a match.
1: See <laughs> Andonowski and at an NWSL game. That's true. Maybe that maybe that could be like a bonus square for for players who are playing along with that. But uh, it's it's already started, right? That's already the check ins have already started. Um, and uh, it's it's going to be <laughs> it's going to be quite the buildup to, to to this World Cup uh, because honestly I can't believe it's already going to be April like where you and I are chatting together uh, right now doing this episode at the end of March on on the 28th and and just a few days it's already going to be uh, April so these these friendlies are you know approaching. Um, Much quicker, I think, than uh, people can actually, you know, realize. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think with the added announcements and the added layers of of new faces returning after quite some time um, and some players getting rotated out. That's that kind of maybe causes the blur a little bit in terms of uh, perspective. But we've got to talk about all that. What does it mean for the new players returning? What does it mean for some of the players who are not listed on this current uh, April friendly rosters? What does it all mean? Well, honestly, we don't know, but we do have reactions to it. And we're going to talk all about that. So
0: please make sure you stick with us after a quick break.
2: Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast.
1: All right. We went through the roster to give you the initial names. And now we've got to break down some of the biggest ones across the board. Well, we got to talk about Julie Ertz and her return to the United States Women's National Team. Welcome back to (laughs) Julie Ertz. It's been a while. Uh and look, I I'm just gonna hit you with with the easy kind of maybe softball lobbed kind of question. Just first reactions, Lisa, when you saw that Julie Ertz was listed back on the United States women's national team roster.
2: First reaction when I read the name Julie Ertz, Sandra, I've gotta be honest with you. I was like, what? <laughs> Can I, should I read this again? I did. I thought my eyes were playing tricks on me. I thought my mind was just giving me what my heart wanted to see. No, it was real. Um, All the letters spelled out correctly in the right order to prove that Julie Ertz is on this roster. Um, I I was overcome with giddy emotion, I'm going to say, because this is a player. I did not think that we were ever going to see Julie Ertz play soccer again. I think that she finished... Tokyo Olympics in 2021, and she gave her blood, sweat, and tears for that Olympics run and that tournament. She was playing injured. She was giving everything she could on that pitch. She then starts a family with Zach, her husband, and and they welcome into the world a new little baby boy and then she gets traded to Angel City and we hadn't heard a peep. We hadn't heard anything. The public had not heard anything from Julie Yurts. And I thought she has turned a new page in her life. And and this might be the end. This this could be the end. And then as more and more time went on, I mean, it's been almost two years since we have last seen Julie Yurts wearing a soccer kit on the field, lacing up them boots. And because of that, I was like, we're not going to see her anymore. She's going to slowly just announce her retirement and we won't ever get to see that. She's back. She is back, baby. And she is, from what we've heard, better than ever at this point. Now, only time will tell what that sees. But I am personally, as a fan, excited to get to watch Julie Earths play soccer again because I didn't think I was ever going to get that opportunity.
1: All right, well, let's stay with that energy for a little bit. Yeah, like in terms of just, you know, fans of the sport, fans of the league, fans of the team. Uh, I think for fans who are looking at that kind of news dropping and seeing that name on the roster, you're elated, like a 100%. Yeah. Like it's like especially combined with all of the, you know, perspectives of her possible um Evolution away from the sport, right? So we hadn't, I think, in terms of the time listening to you go through the timeline for Earth's and, and her sort of extended absence from this team. Okay. Um, I mean, I'm 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 doing I'm doing this episode and I'm in my Red Stars kit, one of the thousands of them that I have, right? But I'm just thinking back to like her playing time in 2021, um, injuring herself, I think, in the opening 20 minutes of the mm-hmm. first game of the 2021 mm-hmm. season. And just being shut down, didn't play a single minute for club after that injury, did come back mid-year for those Tokyo Olympics. And I think for you and I, when we launched Attacking Third, it was around the Olympics. And we remembered watching those performances uh, by the national team in Tokyo.
2: Those 4 a.m. kickoff times.
1: (laughs) Take me back, right? Um, And just sort of, you know, noting like, hey, there's there's a number of things that are off on this team. And perhaps one of them is is health. Right. And, yeah. fitness. Um, and then they ended up uh, winning the bronze medal. And then we just didn't see Julie Ertz uh, anymore after that. Not only did she step away to obviously continue her rehab, um, but then she was away on maternity leave. So it was like working her way back from injury. Then starting a family, and now here we are. It's 2023, so uh, I think there's a number of of different perspectives out there around seeing a name like Juliet's return back to, to to the roster and to the national team. And one of I think obviously one of those is you know folks who are excited about it, and then I think there's another one where folks are confused by it, right? Yeah, honestly, <laughs> and they're just kind of like, wait a minute, like when and how and why. Uh, Why? How? I think that's a big
2: one. How is is a big one? Because as we know, and we've talked about so much on here on A3 and with each other, when one comes in, one also has to leave. There's only so much space on a roster. And now and Andonofsky did give us 26 players for this camp, knowing that only 23 will suit up for each of the friendlies and Mm -hmm. only 23 are going to the world cup. It's still, I mean, when we talk about wanting new players to get into the roster all the time, it's okay. Who are they kicking out? Whose spot are they replacing? So after the earth's news, I mean, people in our chat saying, Hey, we thought it was April fool's joke. <laughs> or, sure. I mean, yes, it was like shock excitement. And then how, how is she ready? We, we, People haven't seen her. When you, when you look at someone like Atierna Davidson, even who was coming back from injury, it was like, okay, we've seen them play. We've seen her get minutes or go into training. And, and we just saw her with Chicago Red Stars and Casey Kruger, another one coming back from maternity leave. But for Julie Ertz, we hadn't seen her. She never showed up to Angel City from our understanding. She was then a free agent in the NWSL, didn't resign with anyone. And even when U.S. Soccer released this roster... They put the player's name and then in parentheses, the club team that they play for, their caps and their goals at the international level. Next to Julia, it's, it says unassigned. This mm-hmm. player is unassigned. And we know how much of an emphasis and Anonofsky uh, and the international game put on playing at the club level uh, for reps, for experience, for uh, getting up to game fitness. And she hasn't. And Luckily, there was a little bit of a explanation during media availability from the press releases um, saying what she has been doing and, and why Black Manonofsky felt she deserved to be called in, basically.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think in the initial release, you, you see uh, the positions, the players listed at those positions. You see their their number of caps, you know, if they've scored a certain amount of goals during their time with the national team. But there's also uh, their club affiliation as well, right? Whether that's an NWSL club or if you're Lindsey Horan, Olympic Lyon, and in this case, Julie Hertz, unattached, right? And that's something that we haven't seen in quite Sometime, and as far as my memory is, you know, in my recollection, the last time this national team program had somebody listed unattached or unaffiliated with the club was way back in the day with Abby Wambach. And yep, I was gonna say ended, Abby, she ended up going to the 2015 World Cup, and perhaps there was, you know, similar um response, reaction, and narrative. Or narrative around that you know like hey like this is a player who's you know how is this player maintaining their fitness or how is this player maintaining their form leading up to the biggest stage in the world right and how are they going to look well she ended up sort of being that player kind of coming in and off of a bench right they had a little bit of a different role right. in that 2015 world cup and that team ended up going all the way and lifting the cup and so i think you know folks maybe if short memories and and victories kind of uh, dust things away sometimes, right? And uh, people don't remember that, but it's it brought that up for me. I was like, okay, so we're, we're looking at um, yeah. Ertz returning, and right now it's it's listed as as an attach, which I think it was important to have the uh, the media availability with Andenowski uh, immediately following the roster drop because he essentially alluded to um, you know, the fact that that Ertz is an ongoing. Conversations about um, returning to club play. There's no indication on when or who or what that's going to be or when that's going to be announced. Um, But uh, the implications there coming out of the press conference is that she will also be playing club soccer in the lead up to the World Cup. Now, it was, you know a lengthier conference, I think, with, with Adonofsky, um after the roster dropping. So we got to hear a lot from him, um, a lot about Julie Ertz. Uh, the press was quite full of questions about that, myself included, um, but also heard a lot about from uh, a, a lot of feedback on um, uh, Casey Kruger and in her arrival, asked about that as well. Um, and it's uh, we're supposed to hear from, from Julie Ertz uh, once these, Uh, You know, the the teams get together and get ready to go ahead for the April friendly. So there's a anticipation for April 8th and that she'll um, be able to speak on some things uh, in that Austin friendly. Um, But she did put out a statement as well um, to, to media and some of us have gone ahead and, and tweeted it out. And she says as follows, it's, it's very exciting to be back with the team again, and I'm grateful to have this opportunity. I have to work out my details in regards to my club situation, but I'm very thankful to Zach, my family, and U.S. soccer for the amazing support that they have provided to get me back to this point. I've been training hard, excited to see where I'm at physically and getting better each day. I'm going to. I'm going into this camp the same way I always have, to compete with the best women in the world. So um, that's her kind of short reintroduction. I think uh, back into this training camp mix, and um, I think, understandably so. I look. It's it's a big year. There's a World Cup, and I think um, some of the discourse is is healthy um, around. Um, player inclusion or player rotation uh, in the buildup in this shorter and shorter timeline uh, to the World Cup. So I think for folks who have been following and listening along and and listening to that, you know, the the head coach and Adonofsky and the staff saying the, you know, placing the emphasis and value on club play. And then seeing the return of a player like Ertz unattached to a club, I think is maybe it is jarring or confusing for some. And for others, maybe it just makes a whole lot of sense. I think if if you're comparing like apples and oranges, and if the one example is Abby Wambach, who's the greatest forward in U.S. soccer history, excuse me, the greatest goal scorer in U.S. soccer uh, history based on stats and total goals scored, then are we looking at somebody like Julie Ertz who's, Right. Actually the greatest defensive midfielder for the team of all time. Like completely. So.
2: And, and I don't like as, as much as I told you, like, wow, I was shocked. I was excited to see this name. I mean, Vlako has never said she was out of the picture or he has always said when media has asked him, who else are you in talks with? What about Julia? It's over the last year. I'm going to say at least he has been very honest. I'm in communication with her. We are working on her return to the team. When she's ready, we are ready to have those conversations with her. It was very much to him and, and the U.S. Women's National Team an open door for Julie Earths when she was ready to return for those conversations. Not an open door that, hey, she gets a World Cup roster spot, but an open door to have those conversations if she wants to return. Um, and I think being very honest from vlaka with the media and with the public and saying that that she wasn't out of the question and that they have been having those conversations. And we know he has conversations with a lot of different players about their recovery and coming back and their commitment and, and the fact that she has been training with MLS Academy players. Um, she was cleared by her doctor, by the U.S. Women National Team doctor, and that the conversation did ultimately come down to she has to be playing on a club team to be part of this deal. And I think that is helps answer a lot of questions for some people that are like, well, she hasn't, she is unattached. She hasn't signed, but the fact that, he there is that kind of contingent factor for her um, is promising to see because to me like there's there are the elements of I mean a lot of people are asking even in our chat right now like okay what about all the players that have been trying to get in those roles Sam Coffey Jalen Howell we saw Savannah DeMello even get called into these camps Um, Christy has played in that six what about those players but it, the fact that he's now saying, okay, you have to play on a club team in order to get yourself back into that, it's equaling the, the playing field at this point to all of those players. And that's, to me, compar- the comparison between a Julie Ertz and an Andy Sullivan and a Sam Coffey is a, a different story and a different conversation.
1: No, I, I hear you. So if that's if that's where like the next phase of this of this combo, uh around Ertz's return, if that's where we're at, like if we're laying out like hypotheticals, like if we're looking at this point, April and the buildup to a World Cup in yeah. July, if the energy or if the question is, you know, where is where is the fitness at? Where's mm-hmm. the ability at? How does a player fit in tactically? And you're looking at the midfield core specifically even narrowing that lens even further to the defensive six role. If you're looking at the players who are technically among that core that we've seen, it's mostly been Andy Sullivan. We have briefly, very briefly, let's be real here. She's been called into camps. We have not seen Sam Coffey get extended minutes in that role, despite her getting call-ins to the national team. Um, Taylor Korniak has been utilized there in a surprise, uh, you know, for the new year in 2023. And uh, most recently we saw Chrissy has put in a really good shift during She Believes Cup as well. So if you're looking at – those players at the time, these usual suspects that we have sort of seen called into these camps over the course of the last 18 months or so. Um, and now we see the reintegration of Julie Ertz. If it's this close to the World Cup, mm-hmm. is it is it more about going with the inexperienced player that might be 90 to 100% or the more experienced player that could possibly be at 75%.
2: Yeah, I mean, this is all contingent on actually seeing Earths play. I'm putting a disclaimer out there on my yeah. next statement. I haven't seen her play. We will in the next coming weeks. Um, maybe my opinion will change, but a 60% Julie Ertz is going to be more effective on and off the pitch than a 90 to 100% Sam Coffee at this point. And I am someone that is incredibly high on Sam Coffee. I think the future is very mm-hmm. bright for coffee. I think there is a spot on this roster for Sam Coffee down the line. Um, th- she's incredibly young. She it is just entering her second professional year. Um, only her second year playing that position, the defensive six role. As she pl- she did not play that in college at Penn State. Meanwhile, Julie Ertz is someone that. Yeah. Um, Yes, perhaps at 60%, 70%, you're not going to get as much of an earth as you would in the 2015 World Cup. But we didn't see her play 100% during the Olympics. Yeah. We did not I see Julie Earth play 100% for one single minute during the 2021 Tokyo Olympics. And the experience that Julie Earths brings on the pitch, winning two World Cups, that winning experience is uh, – in you cannot argue with that. That is something that is um, completely necessary and and invaluable to this team. Meanwhile, she also was on the 2021 Olympics roster that struggled a team. She was on the team as they struggled through the Olympics, as they won bronze and was a massive accomplishment for them to even win bronze at that point when the rest of the world was saying, "Hey, why aren't you winning gold? That adversity that, she faced being on that team is also invaluable experience that you cannot teach anyone. You cannot even replicate that for anyone unless they've been in that position. So to me, those intangibles that Julie Earth has, has, and that she has been through makes her more of an asset and more valuable to this United States women's national team.
1: I mean, look, it's going to, it's going to be something that we're going to get a chance to keep an eye on. Um, out of media saying that she's been, uh, going through training, going through uh, return to play process, rehabilitating, trying to get back into form post-pregnancy, um, working with MLS academies, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, this is something else that came out of um, of the press conference earlier, but um, there still hasn't been a, a public, I guess, viewing of professional domestic club minutes. uh, Right. And I think I think there's some jury that might that might be out. You know, I guess if if we're looking at recency, it's it's I think for the general public, it's a lot of what have you done for me lately? And despite Julia having this incredible resume, it hasn't been that case for the last couple of years. So it's not I don't think it's like something that's resonating um, right now.
2: And also, I think another level of this that people really have to realize and and try to see all perspectives of this is Laka Andonovsky is still trying to find someone to own that defensive midfield six role. And Andy Sullivan is who he's putting a lot of his chips into, but she hasn't done that yet for him or for this team. And perhaps bringing a Julie Ertz into camp during these April friendlies, just a few months out from the World Cup. Um he very well may know she's not going to start a game or she may not even get significant minutes. But her being there is going to be a kick in the behind to Andy Sullivan to say – your spots on the line. We're going to level up the competition. I mean, iron sharpens iron, Sandra. You say that all the time and perhaps that's a mindset as well for this one. Bring in one of the best defensive holding midfielders that this team has seen in recent history and see how that elevates the team overall and makes the competition for that six midfield position even harder.
1: No, I'm with you. Um it's also we're talking a lot about um you know familiarity versus unfamiliarity and you know what it's just it's just not again whether if you're following this team recently or um or if you're someone like us who's followed them for quite an extended period of time this part actually isn't unfamiliar it's not shocking or unsurprising to to me this is an i feel statement um for me um to see the return of some of these players after long extended periods uh, time away from the team this is not uncommon for this national team program mm-hmm. to reintegrate veteran players into the mix in the buildup just months away from a world cup because at this point you know what you know and you see and you have seen what you've seen at this point you're going to start bringing in people who have that experience who right. you can sort of Task them with something and you know you're gonna trust them to go and execute it. So this is not an this is, I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying it's not uncommon. So Julie Ertz, I think is is obviously the big name on this one, uh, in terms of who is getting back into these uh national teams, uh camps, but she's not the only one. We've got even more names to talk about and the return to the pitch for players with the United States national team. So stick with us after a quick break.
0: Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: All right. Let's chat a bit more about some players who are making their return to the United States Women's National Team roster. Tarana Davidson finally getting a call-up into a national team roster as an available player. She spent some time with the team uh, in training during uh, their stint in Florida. Uh, in her return to play protocol, we now saw her go 80 plus minutes uh, in opening weekend for Chicago Red Star. So she has been bumped up to uh, the full roster and she's likely going to be available for selection in these matches against Ireland. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she's not the only one. She's coming back from an extended uh, ACL uh, surgery. Uh we're going to see the return of Kelly O'Hara as well. This is a player that we haven't uh, seen in the national team level uh, since last summer with the mm-hmm. Cap W uh, championship where they qualified for the World Cup. And we're also seeing the return of Casey Kruger, mm-hmm. another player making her way back after uh, pregnancy and being away on maternity leave following the birth of her son in July of 2022. So we're talking just like a month apart here, I think in terms of welcoming uh, a baby boy into the world. If you're Kruger and Ertz uh, Kruger uh, in July, 2022 welcoming uh, her son and Julie Ertz in August of 2022 and, um, Big names, I think, when we when we were initially talking about uh, that ten-player pool for the defenders going into April.
2: Yeah, I think that it's really important to kind of look at some of these names that are back on this roster. Um, Kelly O'Hara, one that uh, we've known has been working back from injury, but the fact that. U.S. fans haven't seen her in the red, white, and blue since July in the CONCACAF W Championship. It's allowed for someone like a Sofia Huerta to come into this roster and make a name for themselves. And at the top of this show, I talked about how there are 10 defenders listed on this roster. Um, I don't foresee 10 defenders going to New Zealand and Australia in July. So because of that, there has to be a little bit of competition between these players about what's going to happen. And so to bring Kelly O'Hara into this mix, Casey Kruger is also an outside back. That's fighting for a spot in that role. Um, there's a lot of question marks, I think around this and kind of who we're going to see, because there's a consistency level with an Emily Fox, a Sophia Huerta. We've seen Crystal Dunn get rotated back into that outside back position. How is she going to fit in there? And now you're adding in two more in Kruger and O'Hara, um, I'm really curious to see how it all comes together on the pitch. And, and what is this April 8th? We get the first look at these friendlies. Um, mm-hmm. I'm so excited so intrigued to see how it's all going to come together. If we're going to see 45 minute rotation, if we're going to see full games for some of these defenders, really how black Wadonofsky is going to find it best to evaluate these players in this role alongside various center backs. I want to see a cook, a Sauerbrunn, Gurma Davidson. I want to see a mix of all of them in that central back role. Um, but there's, I mean, there's a lot of like new names on this roster that we just had not new. They're all familiar names, but they're all names that we haven't seen in a long time. I mean, Sophia Smith is another name that's returned. She's just missed camp, um, in January. And then before the, she believes cup due to an injury, but that was a name that everyone knew was going to be returning to this roster. Um, Same as Kelly O'Hara, I think, at least for me. I was like, she'll be back on this roster. It's just a matter of when with her injuries. Um, Tierna Davidson as well, as she was working back from her ACL, and we got to see her ahead of, she believes, in the training camp and getting minutes. That was a pretty sure sign that we would see her um, more and more leading up to the World Cup. But Casey Kruger is one that I'm pleasantly surprised to see Kruger Back on this roster, I, I know you are too, Sandra. You're repping your your Red Stars uh, kit right now. I know you also got to talk to Black Ananovsky a little bit about Kruger and why he wanted to make room for her on this roster.
1: Look, you're you're pleasantly surprised. I'm amply hyped, <laughs> however you want to refer to it on the on the scale of of enthusiasm. Um, look, Casey Kruger. I think if you talk to anybody um often has a similar uh, have a have a similar response in terms of her skill set and what she provides um as a defender for whichever team she's playing for whether it's um club or or country and um yeah along with fielding a ton of questions about Ertz uh, andanowski also had to you know answer a few questions about um Kruger's inclusion as well. And when we're, again, I think when we're talking about things that are maybe unsurprising, I mean, we're going back and like recalling all of the, you know, media availabilities or anything that, that Andonovsky has done over time. in in those recent. Yeah. Abilities. Kruger is a player that he has brought up a few times. Unprompted of his own accord. And um in, Specific reference to players who may make their return as they continue to navigate their return to play protocols. So uh, I'm thrilled to to see Kruger make her return. Number one, number two, again another thing that's not maybe too surprising to me, but might be uh, surprising for some others. She just reiterated um, in his media availability that Kruger, the type of skill set that she provides for this team um is uh, is why she's back in the mix um someone who is considered one of the best 1v1 defenders uh in American soccer and that is a quote that you've seen around um NWSL and the national team program for quite some time um and has said it um former coaches of Kruger has said it teammates of Kruger has said it my goodness uh, Kristen Press and her return to the play against the Red Stars when she was with the Royals um, dropped the mic in a mixed zone setting and said Casey Kruger is the greatest one to be one defender in the world. And yes. it's just like this is just something that's not uncommon when you hear people talk about um, this player and what they can provide. And I think, again, as we're, if we're talking about that window of time, getting you know, closing a little bit more week to week and the build up to a world cup and you have to name specific players to a roster. um, Maybe you want to have someone who is that sort of lock it in, shut it down type of, of defender. Um, And even if, they are not that is a player that you probably want in these camps in the buildup to a World Cup when you've got forwards on the other side, like a Sophia Smith or a Mallory yeah. Swanson, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So um Thrilled to see uh, her return. I mean, something that we haven't talked about that, you know, isn't an unofficial stat, but, I mean, there's going to be five moms in the training know. camp, and Casey Kruger is one of them. We're talking Julie Ertz, Casey Kruger, Crystal Dunn, Adriana Grant, Alex, Brandt, Alex more than five moms. That's still going to be a first for this national team training camp, and that's... That's I'm so whatever. special. Call me a simp. Um, I think that's beautiful.
2: Um, no, I think that's, that's cool. so special. That's so special. And honestly, it's only possible because of most recent CBAs that have been passed, it, providing child care and providing the opportunity for these women to to work back after um, giving birth or becoming a parent, no matter what that is. You have five moms on this roster, working moms out there. They are they are the superheroes of the world for sure. Um, And, and I think in addition to having these players, there's, there's also some names that are missing from this roster, Sandra, that I want your take on. I want to talk about a little bit because there are players that were not called in Um, even most recently looking at the roster for the 2023, she believes cup um, Mitch purse is the only player that was on the She Believes Cup and won She Believes Cup that is not listed to this roster. Um, That's the only one from the last camp to this camp. And there are, of course, other names missing. But to me, Midge Purse not making this roster is, I think, not looking good for Midge as we get this close to the World Cup. What do you think about Purse not being named?
1: I mean, it sucks. Look, for lack yeah. of a better, you know, for, for, you know, no better way to articulate it other than that simple way. Uh, I think we're coming off of an opening weekend where we saw some exciting elevated play from somebody like Purse, you know, converting the penalty kick, um, linking up with Williams for um, the assist on the game winner. Um we've heard a lot again, we just keep repeating what what we hear. Uh, We've heard a lot about how much club club plays is going to play a factor in these final months uh, leading up to the world cup. Um, And if this is the pair of games that are the final ones to take place before that final roster is named, that's a, that sucks. It sucks to not be that player in the mix, a player that is apparently returning to to form. If she got that match day one start with their club team, there's, Also players not listed on this roster because um, there are delays in their return to play protocol. We've heard about Katarina Macario for quite some time at the beginning of the year that perhaps end of March or April would be the return for this player. And now we're hearing that that's getting pushed back um, to possibly May. So uh, those things you always want to be careful with injuries are always unpredictable that's why it's dangerous to put timelines on things yeah. like that because things can always change um but I think that is something to, to sort of flag and note as well I mean Katarina Macario is a very exciting player for this national team program a player that they're very excited to have in their player pool and unfortunately suffered an injury at a, absolute inopportune time and while there was a lot of enthusiasm and excitement about her successful surgery and her return to play protocols uh at an accelerated timeline now we're seeing that that's sort of getting pushed back um again but that also includes players like a Kristen Press or a Tobin Heath who are players that you know um Andanovsky is referring to in these in these uh, press conferences as well. Um, so there's there's players that we're starting to see the return of that are perhaps coming back into the right time. And then there are other players what I'm looking at where I'm just like, are they truly running out of time now?
2: Yeah, I think that's a really good question, because the timeline is incredibly tight. It is incredibly tight. Um, and the fact that and Megan Rapinoe was dealing with a bit of injury. That's why she wasn't called in to the, a few most recent camps. And again, she's not listed on this roster. Um, that's something to me that is also a little bit of a question mark. I think it depends on injury. Um, I don't think Rapinoe will take a spot, a roster spot, to go to the World Cup if it's just for her veteran abilities. Because you look, uh, there's Julie Ertz on this roster potentially now, Crystal Dunn. These are all players that um, – I think can bring a similar type of, of leadership to this team. Now, not the same as a Rapino does. I think that there's also a lot of differences there, but it's all, I mean, injury and coming back into things. But yeah, I mean, I think for Midge, it's this is a tough one. Being brought in during She Believes, I think she knew this was a chance and an opportunity. And, and I mean, we talked about it. We recapped those games. We previewed them. I, I liked what I saw from Midge. Um, I think she did bring a bit of a spark to that game. But when yeah, you look at... Yeah. Yeah, she did. She was the one trying to run around and create everything and do stuff. And and to me, um, that's really tough. That is really mm-hmm. tough. And when you look at only six forwards called into this camp, mm-hmm. Ashley Hatch, Alex Morgan, Trinity Rodman, Mallory Swanson, Sophia Smith, Lynn Williams, um, that's a little bit confusing to me. But I, also, I don't know how things will shake out.
1: No, I think it's a valid point to make. I yeah. think uh, that's something else that we're taking note of as certain players start making their return, whether it's an Ertz or a Krieger and O'Hara, a Davidson, etc., 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 right? You're also looking at the players who have been with this team for yeah. X amount of time and are starting to see their minutes wind down more and more and more as these international windows come together. Um, we've unfortunately seen that, have seen that with Purse. We're starting to see that with Hatch. I I would venture that we're starting to see that a little bit in a combination of, of Huerta and Fox. I mean, we might yeah. see that in this window for Fox specifically with the addition of more um defenders into the mix so we'll see i, I think this april window is really really going to tell us a lot um but it's exciting it's here it's oh here gosh. We're, we're we're here it's we're in full swing nwsl is back we've got the roster for the united states women's national team but that's all we've got for you today On Attacking Third, the United States Women's National Team will play April 8th and April 11th. We've got previews and recaps about the games. Do not worry. We're going to cover it all for you. In the meantime, NWSL Week 2 is coming up this weekend, so stay tuned for everything we've got rolling out for you this week. Thanks, everybody, for listening to Attacking Third. Download, follow, listen to us anywhere you get your podcasts. You can watch us, too subscribe to us on YouTube to get alerts for whenever we go live at youtube.com slash attacking third. We'll be back with more this week and join us live on Wednesday morning on YouTube for Sandra Ritter and Lisa Roman. This was Attacking Third.
0: Now streaming on Paramount Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig what you One Love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount+.